This episode of the Major Issues Podcast is brought to you by Patreon.com slash CBC Clubhouse. Comic Book Click is on Patreon, guys. For as little as $0.10 cents a day or $3 a month, not only can you help keep the lights on here at Comic Book Click headquarters, but your donation gives you access to exclusive content like CBC commentaries, polls where you can choose what content we cover next, and special behind-the-scenes footage of things here at Comic Book Click. Visit Patreon.com slash CBC Clubhouse today and become a Patreon. And remember, you, yes you, are worthy. Hello everybody out there in comic book land. My name is George Serrano, a.k.a. The Don. And if you're listening to this, you can only be here for one reason. And it's a brand new episode of the Major Issues Podcast brought to you by comicbookclick.com. And as always, I am never alone. Ma'am, could you please introduce yourself? Hello, my name is Tasman Humphreys, otherwise known as the Aspiring Kryptonian. The Aspiring Kryptonian <laughs> has stopped the many, many plates that she has been spinning lately uh, to come by and chat with us about Superman and Lois. It's the series everyone's been talking about. We've actually just started a reaction series for it. I'm getting overly emotional on that. I don't know what's going on there. The wholesomeness is just overpowering. And I guess just the overall um, feeling of family has been great. So before we get into any of that, you know, I got to ask, You've done pro- quite possibly the bravest thing a human being can do. You have birthed a child into this world. <laughs> I have. <laughs> you have. Um, you know, last time you were on this show, we were talking about um, some of the ventures that you were trying to do. Um, you were with the Superman Museum that we'll get to in a bit. Mm-hmm. But we got to talk about the biggest thing. Baby cow. God yes, bless. <laughs> um, to talk me through that process while trying to build your brand. And um, has motherhood at all changed your perspective on this whole Superman thing? Um, so, well, from being pregnant and then sort of carrying on, well, I pretty much carried on with all the, the usual stuff. So we do obviously reviews and stuff. And we've got a podcast as well. And yeah. so I kind of just tried to do everything as normal. There were a few times where I sort of had to cancel and just rearrange and stuff like that or get some, get some more help. Um, with review writing and stuff like that but it wasn't too bad actually my pregnancy was pretty good so I, yeah. I was able to sort of carry on for as long as possible and then with the Superman Museum um, we stupidly started that while I was quite heavily pregnant so <laughs> I did what I could and then I kind of had to well I don't know if you'll see here now no it's it's coming together see all the boxes and stuff oh. we kind of <laughs> did as well we did this side as you can see behind me and then I had to give up because I couldn't really get up and down off the floor to, to sort <laughs> of stuff up. I but, totally get it I totally yeah. get it it was fine other than that yeah yeah and you guys I mean you guys went on lockdown right over there yeah yeah so we had lot that was that kind of made it easier especially yeah. being pregnant because I, I wasn't able to be jealous of people going to the pub <laughs> going for a drink and stuff like that so yeah it wasn't too bad we're all in this together yeah. <laughs> we're all locked down together <laughs> Were there any um, other baby name suggestions or were you always set on Cal? Well, I, I wanted Clark, um, Clark, to be yeah. honest. But my, I said, basically said to my partner, Clark or Cal. So I let him pick <laughs> the two. So he said he, he liked the name Cal anyway. So we, we picked that one. I let him pick the middle name. So <laughs> Awesome, awesome. Do you find yourself now relating to some of the, I guess, lowest lane of it all with the with the having a child and wanting to protect it from the world? Yeah, so it's... it's 
well, because I'm pretty, still pretty fresh into it. So Cal's only five weeks old. Um, so it's still, even though it's five weeks is quite a long time, it's still sort of taken a while to process the fact that I am actually a mom. So <laughs> some of yeah. the stuff, I think when, um, I think it was like two days after I had Cal, uh, son of Kalal came out and then there's a whole birth oh. scene and I would lowest lane so I was like I know how you feel <laughs> that's awesome talk about the serendipity yeah. of that just lining up that's really really cool <laughs> <laughs> um so the Superman Museum you got any updates what 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 uh is there anything that you're looking to build or set up is there anything in your mind right now that you want to accomplish with that um despite all the boxes that I just showed you, it's pretty much right. set up and there's a few more shelves and a few more sort of, well, th- these sort of things um, that I need to go up. And then I think I underestimated how big the room was. So I, before I sort of went through all my stuff and then figured out what I wanted to keep out and what I wanted to put away in the attic. And so I'm going through all those boxes again because I still got loads of room. So <laughs> that's, that's what the boxes are for. Is it a case where you um, are surprised sometimes with some of the stuff you've put away? Sometimes when I put all this stuff in boxes, I completely uh, forget some of the stuff. And then I open, oh, it's like almost Christmas again. Like I'm re-reminded <laughs> of the cool stuff that I own. Does that happen to you sometimes? Yeah, definitely. I started doing, um, well, as I was first sorting out before we set up the museum, and I think it was before I was pregnant as well, We, um, I was doing videos going through the boxes. So they're, they're all on YouTube. Well, some of them are on YouTube. I didn't get around to doing all of them, but these are sort of boxes that I've been collecting for 13 or so. Well, probably more than that now. I think I started collecting when I was 13 and now I'm 28. So 15 years ago. Um, So, yeah, I've definitely forgot a lot of the stuff that I have got, which is why I kind of did the YouTube video because it was just some of the stuff was just random. Like I've got kids clothes, (laughs) which is a bit (laughs) weird. Um, Yeah, it's just all sorts of stuff. Yeah, it's crazy. We did um, some research on Batman 66, uh, getting ready for to cover that movie for its anniversary. I did not realize how much merchandise that Batman and Superman had all over the world. The most ridiculous things they put their faces on. And I know you own half of them because I've seen them in your videos where I'm like, why would someone make a Superman thing out of that? Why, why yeah. would they think you could just put the logo on that and uh, move forward and stuff? Um, yeah. Last time we spoke, you know, we were talking about the aspiringcryptonian.com, the website mm-hmm. uh, where yeah. you do a litany of reviews of Superman media and Superman comics. I know that that you are getting tremendous help from Ashley and Evan, who are also yeah. your co-hosts on the Aspiring Kryptonian podcast. Why start a podcast? Was that something always in your mind? And uh, how game were Ashley and Evan when when that whole thing started? Um, I always said that I was never going to do a podcast because I thought there were too many out there. <laughs> um, but yeah, we just, cause we did the reviews and then obviously, well, so I'd write a review as well. And then Evan and Ashley would write their reviews and send it to me. But then I always fine tooth it because I don't sometimes not to sort of diss them and their work, but sometimes there's a bit of negativity in there and I don't like putting that in there, especially when you sort of tag in um, the creators. I think it's, it's a little bit rude sometimes. So I do edit, <laughs> I edit a few things. And if I don't agree with it, I'll be like, eh, let's just change that. And then, um, so because we all had different viewpoints about it, we'd sort of text in the group chat and we were like, oh, I, I didn't like this bit. I like this bit. So I thought, yeah, may as well talk about it. Was the first episode the uh, Snyder Cut? Was that what you guys did? I know it was something big Superman. Maybe it was the big Superman news that um, they were making a new Superman film. You know, I can't remember. I think I don't know. I don't think it was. I think Snyder Cut was like maybe the second or third one we did. Well, we haven't spoken on that. What do you think? 
what do you think about your man it. Superman in that? Yeah, worth it. I loved it. Yeah, it was it was worth the wait. I think it it needed to be done. Did you think that he was better portrayed in the Snyder Cut than he was, I guess, yeah. in the Joss Whedon averse? Hundred percent. Even just well, obviously the CGI was bad in a lot a lot of places, um, but yeah, it just seemed it seemed more like the character and like because in especially the big the bit at the beginning where he's sort of talking about losing car keys and stuff that just, just <laughs> what is that all about um so it just didn't make sense it didn't fit with henry cavill's superman but this one did and he makes that black suit look good i'll tell you that yeah, it looked really good <laughs> yeah i was really really surprised about all that um anything to say on this whole michael b jordan possibly superman stuff i, I i'm just i don't really mind what Superman we get? I just want more <laughs> Superman yeah. content because I know we've obviously got Superman and Lois and we've got all the comics and stuff, but there's just there's still a lack of Superman in my opinion. But yeah, if, if I think because there was there's a few rumors going around because I think is it Tenahasi Coates is doing a Superman film, right? There's rumors that his Superman will be Michael B. Jordan, but then there's rumors that Michael B. Jordan is doing his own thing. Yeah, and then so, J.J. Abrams, they're rumoring that might be working on a Superman film as well. Yeah, um, so there's, there's just a lot going on. So if, if it is Michael B. Jordan, then I want him to do um, Calvin Ellis. Yeah, that'd be really, um, really cool. But if, because I've heard the, ten, I don't know if I'm saying his name right, the Tanahasi Coates. Um, yeah. Is that Tanahasi or Tanahisi? Is one of those two. I can't yeah. <laughs> I think I say Tanahasi because it reminds me of Zombieland. Or says oh, Tanahasi. <laughs> Tanahasi. <laughs> That worked. Um, but yeah, there's rumors that he's turning Clark Kent black, which I don't want to happen. I want them to carry on with because there's, there's already black Supermans out there, so there's, there's more yeah. than just Calvin Ellis. Um, so oh no, sorry, Michael B. Jordan was doing Val Zod, wasn't it? Not Calvin. I, I, be, I believe that's what they were talking about. And yeah. you know, I it took me a while, it took me actually reading a lot of comics and, and checking out a lot of. Uh, Superman media because I do think that in public consciousness they kind of toss him aside as old-fashioned on too many occasions and then you get this problem where they want to make a film and they feel like they have to change whole parts of this man's story to make it more relatable to audiences and I don't think that's the case I think some of the old-fashioned things that he stands for still exist today like decency and you know just being nice and stuff um so I'm always confused as to the hesitance to just tell a regular straight up Superman story. Like I could watch two hours of him saving cats out of trees, like yeah, just that minimal. I don't need, enough of that. Yeah. I don't need the world to end constantly to make him, <laughs> make him an interesting character. And I feel like if you're setting up a universe as they have attempted to on many occasions, if you don't get him straight, you know, if you don't, if your Superman's alignment isn't straight up and down like six o'clock, that everybody's going to lean and mm. it's all going to fall over. Cause he's supposed to be like the, the bookmark or what is it called? The, the, uh, the standard bearer or, yeah. you know, um, of, of all that. And one could argue that they kind of leaned a little bit dark early on with man of steel and thus everything kind of just <laughs> started to pile up <laughs> on top of that. But we, we're living in a world where we don't have just look at this, the what is it the embarrassment of riches we don't just have one batman or one yeah. spider-man or one superman we have so many so i have to ask going into superman and lois and having seen the entirety of it where does this superman tyler hochland uh rank on your i mean you don't have to give it a definitive number 
But in the grand scheme of things, where does this whole property and this version of Superman rank in your in your mind? Um, quite high. I think when I first heard about Superman and Lois, I was really hesitant because I know we had seen Tyler as Superman in Supergirl, but obviously yeah. he was like, no offense to him, but I think it was more to do with the way that the TV program portrayed him. It was just not my Superman and it, it just... But he was just kind of like a side character, which is understandable because it was a Supergirl program. But I think if you were going to go down that route, just don't introduce Superman at all. Because obviously, even in this, they, they don't mention Supergirl, even though it's the same <laughs> right. Superman, if that makes sense. But yeah, quite high. I was really, really, really surprised on well about how good the series was and all of the characters as well. Because I think it was, was it the Crisis on Infinite Earths or one of the crossovers that they did where I think it was Superman and Lois was in it. And I just, I couldn't even watch it because it was just so painful to watch. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was where he turned, he had, he had the black suit on and, <laughs> With the version of, and a good version. It was just, yeah, it was just terrible. So they've definitely redeemed themselves. Yeah. As you were saying, it, it was Superman in service of Supergirl at the time. Yeah. Right. So I had this conversation with somebody the other day where I mentioned that like there's a lot of Batman family properties out now that want to tease the appearance of Batman. But once you do that, people just want Batman. Yeah. Same thing with Supergirl. <laughs> like if you tease Superman and then you show us that, we're just gonna want Superman. Just give us Superman. We don't want uh, yeah. the rest of the stuff. So they have to have a bit of restraint. If they're not gonna do it right, they have to have a bit of restraint introducing those characters in there. Yeah, but what kind of it didn't annoy me, but what I didn't understand was the fact that the Supergirl TV program took all of the Superman villains, all of the Superman storylines, yeah. and just changed it slightly. <laughs> so it, yeah, I was totally kind of thinking, did. like, what characters, what characters and storylines is like Superman and Lois going to do because they've all been taken? <laughs> right. No, you're 100 percent right, and it, it's it's kind of what made a lot of those shows float back in the day because people were familiar or yeah. um, those those villains and stories are so timeless that you switch a couple of things around and you're there. We covered um, for the woman who has everything, which is based on for the man who has everything, yeah. you know, and then you've got red daughter as well, which is obviously yeah. red son. <laughs> all that stuff. Bizarro, I believe made an appearance at one point or a bizarre version of Supergirl. So, um, and arrow is laden with Batman stuff. It's all just <laughs> yeah. Batman. It's basically all just Batman to the point of Ra's yeah. al Ghul training him and all that stuff there. What, could you remember, I know this is a, a bit far back when the series premiered, can you remember what, if there was a moment or a, or a scene that started to turn your mind around on whether or not this could possibly work? Well, it was just straight off from the pilot. So I, cause well, in the UK, it's not even out yet. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. So a lot of people in the UK haven't seen it, but I, luckily I've got sort of press access to the Warner Brothers website. So they, they've put the episodes on there. So that's how, that's how I've been watching. But a lot of people are like, how are you watching it? And we're not watching it. <laughs> um, so yeah, annoyingly, it still hasn't got like a, a release date or anything like that in the UK, which is just beyond me because it just doesn't make sense. Just release it at the same time because people have got, people aren't going to wait. Because right. you get all the spoilers straight away on, on, on Twitter. So people aren't going to wait, especially like it's been like a year, hasn't it? Or something yeah. like that. It's, it's a long time. But um, yeah, it was definitely, I sort of watched it maybe two weeks later or watched the pilot two weeks later. So I'd seen a lot of the spoilers on okay. Twitter already. So it was the picture where he's in the Fleischer costume. Oh, yeah. yeah. Sort of, I was like, oh, okay. They're like, you, you can see that they're paying homage to some of the 
the classic things and that's that's what I kind of like about it is because they've kind of they're not just taking comics they're taking bits from films tv so there's a lot of man of steel influence that i've yeah. noticed um there's like smallville references or like some of the lines that they say are very similar to things like that and that's what i like about it yeah yeah such a long history with the character it's so cool that they get to play with some of the best versions of it throughout like you said all kinds of different forms of media um i i i don't think i was impressed the first iteration of seeing these characters they kind of rushed through it right they're like oh they're together they're married they have kids in the yeah. before they got to this show they were kind of just getting through all of it um i was kind of impressed with seeing brandon ralph back in the suit you know like i was like wait a minute i might want more <laughs> of that like how do we sign up for some of that what do you yeah, think of your boy coming back yeah I, I was really happy superman returns is like what started the collection but like, properly because that's when all the merchandise and stuff came out so that that film and brandon ralph got a special place in my heart so i was very happy to see that he was returning but i was really disappointed at how sh- like he yeah he was, was in it for that long at all but he was advertised as if he was sort of a big part in it yeah so I was, and he was obviously from a different earth so I would like to see a spin-off of of that but yeah. I don't think it's gonna happen sadly I really liked uh seeing him return to that form and when, when you talk about like pulling from other Superman uh, media he has like this meet cute moment with uh Elizabeth Tulick from this show so he's like the Christopher Reeves and she's like the uh Margot Kidder and they bump into each other on Crisis and um, seeing Margot Kidder and um, Brandon Ralph bump into one another and looking so similarly to Christopher Reeves and Margot Kidder, um, I thought, like, I got emotional. They started playing the old, because, but, but, you know, they have a lot of good music in Superman, but I like the Superman yeah. and Lois theme, like the John Williams, yeah. Superman and Lois kind of romantic, small town kind of thing. And to see those two resemble them so well and then play that song, I'm like, wait, what are you guys doing? Hold on. You guys are, <laughs> you guys are playing with my heart a little bit. Um, I think that's that's their intention, though, isn't it? They, they kind of want to get... And I think it worked because, you know, every time a new Superman film or TV series come out, a lot of the people that did like, or still do like Christopher Reeve, um, are very biased in terms of the portrayals. Like, a lot of people don't like Henry Cavill because it's so different to the Christopher Reeve yeah. Superman and stuff like that. So I think Tyler's Superman is sort of a blend of all of them so that it's... I feel like it kind of fed into that to kind of please those people. Yeah, yeah. Which isn't a bad thing at all. It, it works. But. Oh, do you, are, where do you sit on that on that side of the debate where there are, you know, so many different Supermen? Are you, do you have, like, hard and fast rules like Superman would never... Or do is your mind open enough to accept all different versions of the character. Yeah, I think I'm pretty open. Like I, I just, well, I think every time I post something about, because obviously they're making an Injustice animated film yeah. and obviously you've got the series and the comic series and Zack Snyder's just like, there's a lot of versions of Superman that does go bad and they kind of, which I, I understand why people don't like it because it's that's not what the character is about, but it is interesting to see the other side of it because, you know, you can't always be, Yep. I don't know. It's just it's just a new take on it, I guess. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I, I'm I'm open to all of it, like as long as it's as long as it's good in itself. And yeah, I don't know. I, I'm I'm down with it. Yeah, I feel you. I feel you. And yeah, so many different versions. It's cool to see because these stories have been told over and over and over again. So sometimes these little wrinkles are what make it stand out from everything else. So I like what they've been able to do with this. 
So just a little background for those at home. Superman and Lois is an American superhero drama based uh, on Superman, <laughs> the DC character Superman and Lois. It was created and developed by uh, CW and Todd Helbing and Greg Berlanti. Superman himself was created by Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster. Uh, Tyler Hoechlin and Elizabeth Tulick star as the titular couple, Superman and Lois. And the series is set in the Arrowverse. Uh, it, it's set in the Arrowverse, but it's not kind of set in the Arrowverse. There's a cameo at the end that I literally almost explode for because it was so not connected to anything yeah. else that I was like, oh, wait, we're other people are aware of this. Um, I started as uh, a fan of all of the Arrowverse. In my opinion, it's it the the qualities declined a bit. What's your what's your relationship with the Arrowverse? Yeah, exactly the same. I um I think Arrow was obviously the first one that I watched because that was the first that was sort of the launch. Um, but yeah, it's definitely gone down in yeah. quality a lot. You say a little bit, but it's gone down <laughs> a lot. Um, I think I've I've carried on watching them because I've you kind of watched so much you can't really stop there you have to just carry on so I've been watching it and then I'd watched Superman and Lois and then I went back to watching I think it was like series six of Flash and then the new series because they've only just started in the UK so yeah I started watching them and I had to turn it off because the CGI and it, was, it was just wasn't the same it was just so, <laughs> right. so different um but it kind of putting those two together and, and like you say they're in the Arrowverse but they're kind of not but the yeah. quality difference in those is just it, it's kind of ruined the link I think a little bit and I was a little bit disappointed in some like the, the cameo I think you're talking about um I just I don't want it to link to the Arrowverse I want it to be its own thing because well if it if it does link to the Arrowverse and it carries on with that quality and that quality then goes to the others because right. obviously Supergirl's ending anyway um but yeah I just don't want it to go down in quality yeah and I think it might do if if it links any more than it already has one of the best parts about this series is it's only 15 episodes as opposed to what the 26 to 25 that the main CW shows go on. Um, the, the more the more the Arrowverse continues, the more you start to find a filler in some of these shows where they're just, you know, letting the villain get away or someone loses their powers for three episodes or, you know, this they're back in time yeah. or whatever the minutia of it. I think that this was paced pretty well. Um, they there. I think there's one quasi flashback episode and even that's done well sometimes yeah. you're watching this stuff and your mind is taught to learn like okay this is not important or okay this is just you know the c story of it but i think they find a way to wrap up everything um in a yeah. in a satisfying satisfying way and like you were saying the money is here the money is in this show the shots the special effects all of mm -hmm. that and maybe that means maybe that's because you don't have to stretch it out to 26 episodes, you know, a yeah. season, but in far as the continuity with the Arrowverse, one would argue when you start seeing some of this bigger stuff with Morgan edge, why no one else is around, <laughs> why no one yeah. else has decided to <laughs> come and help the, the people of Smallville, which was always the question in general. That's why it's always weird when you introduce some of these bigger characters. Cause then you wonder why they're just not helping out. I think yeah. someone had told me that Supergirl is currently in the phantom zone or something like that. So that might be why she's not, you know, like all this Kryptonian yeah. stuff's happening and she's nowhere to be found. Um, yeah, I haven't caught up on Supergirl, admittedly. So, yeah, maybe she she's in the Phantom Zone. But to me, right. like, because in Crisis on Infinite Earths, I'm not sure how, where that's set in this mm -hmm. sort of, what time scale, I mean, because in that 
well, at the end of that, we see Lois has just had the baby, right? Yeah. Um, so obviously this is either 15 or so years ahead because the boys are obviously oh, yeah, yeah, you're 100% right, yeah. it is on a different <laughs> earth. <laughs> no, yeah, you're 100% right because um, she they have a child. I want to say it might have even been in the Elseworlds. Um, and then in Crisis, at the end of Crisis, it's told to us that now they're twins, that the events of Crisis has switched it to now there's two boys. Ah, but, okay. but you're 100% right. If they were children in, let's say, the year 2019 when that aired, then in 2020 for them to be uh, teenagers <laughs> in high school doesn't really make much sense. Everyone else would have to be aged up. Diggle, who we see later on, would have to be aged up. Uh, so, yeah, that doesn't quite, quite, uh, quite fit you know, as Legos should perfectly. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that might be on purpose because they might be trying to stick one leg out the door to be like, hey, you guys in the Arrowverse, do your thing. We're going to yeah. head back over here. Because I think this one's like, um, well, a lot of the finance for it came from HBO Max and obviously it's yeah. going to HBO Max and I think they've got quite a big part in it. So I think that's obviously where all the money's come from. And I think, right. I hope that they're kind of trying to keep it separate because, yeah, I just, I just want to keep it separate because... Like I said, the quality is just... So you don't want him in like the musical crossover episode? Is that what you're trying to say? (laughs) (laughs) I don't want a musical episode. (laughs) Oh, man. No, I I, I totally get it. I was watching some... I think it was the pilot. Because the pilot is made to impress, in my opinion. Some of those shots there, very cinematic. Um, Watching the proposal at the opening of the Fortress of Solitude, like just that that image there, watching them fly up, even the wedding stuff, the small town, yeah. smallville wedding stuff, really wholesome. Um, but as we found out from the results of crisis, we have two sons. Now we have a Jonathan and a Jordan. And um, to even raise the stakes a bit more, Jordan has a social anxiety disorder. what do you think about these changes, these little wrinkles to the Superman mythos? We all know Jonathan as being his son in the main continuity of comics, as you were saying, seemingly the next in line to be superman but now we have two one seems to have powers one doesn't how do you feel about that dynamic and that introduction to this superman mythos i think to begin with i i I was quite happy with how they did it because obviously jordan's the the underdog and jonathan was the popular one and he was like thriving at school He he didn't need the superpowers whereas i think it really helped jordan sort of come out of his shall a little bit and get a bit of confidence in himself but I think as the series went on I just really found I found Jordan a little bit irritating because he was just it was almost like he was ungrateful for the powers that he's got like he was like oh, I don't want them and he didn't want to train with his dad to control them and then yeah. obviously you've got Jonathan who's just like my life has been turned upside down I've moved out of the city I haven't got all the popularity and the, the sports stuff that he's got and Jordan was kind of taking advantage of, of the powers that he's got by taking part in football, which in so many Superman, like film, TV, comics, there's always that thing about him playing sports because it's not fair because he's got yeah. the, um, the upper hand. Um, so yeah, it just, it just grated on me a little bit. And I, I thought it was a bit ungrateful and it obviously wasn't fair on Jonathan. And I really, there were so many moments in the series where I thought Jonathan was going to get the power or, or just get a power. Um, right. But it would have been nice to see the powers split between them. So maybe like, like one Superman red, Superman blue kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that would have been cool. Yeah, that would have been nice. But... Yeah. 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 
I I was surprised by the idea of twins and definitely surprised by the idea that one of them would have a social anxiety disorder. I think it's incredibly clever that one of them is named Jonathan, one of them names Jordan, like Jorel and Jonathan uh, Kent, yeah. you know, like a Jor and a, no, and I didn't a John. Think of that. Yeah, yeah they, he got to keep both of his dads in that instance there. I was impressed by the show's ability to not fall into the trap of one has powers, one doesn't. So the one who doesn't is just going to be this jealous, antagonistic uh, sibling. I think a, a, a much lesser show would have gone to that well or even made him a villain, right? Yeah. Like you guys, no one paid attention to me and Jordan has all the powers, so I'm coming down on you. But there's, okay. there's a lot of instances of him being able to talk and get through to his brother because they are brothers. You know, and I liked Jonathan's uh, role in this. I have a, um, a nephew who has autism and I see how his sister is always there, like right there, you know, by him, knows when he's in his moves, knows when he's going through things. That's that mm-hmm. familial bond that you can't necessarily break. And even when he is being kind of a child uh, on occasions with some of the stuff that he has to handle, seeing Jonathan come up and kind of like elbow him and like, come on, don't even worry about it. That yeah. felt good. It felt good to see. And I, I really applaud them for being able to take that more mature route as opposed to having them bicker all the time. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, th- I think, well, on the podcast, I always, when we talk about it, I always say that that would be my villain origin story because I would be so annoyed that my yeah. sibling got the, got the powers and I didn't. Um, but yeah, I, d- I think Jonathan is my favourite of the two. So in my opinion, he deserved the powers because of the way he handles everything. Because even with, there's so many moments in the series where he hasn't got powers, but he still ends up saving the day. Or yeah. like I think there was the moment with Steel where he, um, did he hit him with the hammer or something like that? Um, oh, he shot him. I think he, yeah, he shot yeah, one of the guns and shot yeah. him. <laughs> and then he's, it, sort of, I don't know if you want to go in, into. Yeah, yeah, we can. Can yeah, so yeah. there's a bit where, well, towards the end, he's obviously protecting Jordan and well, Jordan's body and his mom from potential Kryptonians, and he's just like a human. And I'm yeah. like, and, he, and he says, he says, I got you. Don't even worry, yeah. I got you. Um, I really, yeah, I really like that he came into his own. I don't like that girl he's talking to at the end of this series. I don't trust her. <laughs> Who is she though? Because she's not. She is somebody. Because there's, they keep dropping these. At first, she was just a girl, but now right. she's from Central City. Her dad's in prison, um, right. and there's all these little bits, and they just seem to be focusing on her quite a lot. So I think she's going to play a big part in the second series. Yeah, I, I see, see. They're seemingly setting her up for something. This could be like a Star Girl situation where she's the daughter of somebody of, yeah. of note. She could be getting a mantle passed down and stuff. But like even early on, I'm like I'm doing this reaction series for this show, so I'm I'm literally talking as the thoughts are coming into my mind. And like she played him at school, like trying to flirt around with him and was like, oh, no, it's only for sympathy because of your arm. (laughs) And then she drove him out to the middle of nowhere to try to get information out of him, pumping full of information. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that didn't work. And then later on, it's like, oh, no, I just I really dig on you. And I'm like, I don't trust Jonathan. Get out of (laughs) here. Yeah, I don't trust her. She might be up to something no good. But you're right. It could be setting the ground that she is misunderstood because maybe her parentage is a bit villainous (laughs) and thus you know, leading the stepping stones to there. I yeah. know I know. one of your journeys through the Superman media was a trip through the actual Smallville series. Um, was I've never seen it. Is there any hallmarks of that in this? Is there anything, uh, overall feeling, characters, any of that? Or do you feel like it's just kind of Smallville in name only here? Um, 
I still haven't finished Smallville. I'm still, I'm still watching it. <laughs> it's it's um, a long show. It's a long yeah, show. Yeah, I think I'm on series eight and there's, there's ten. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. But I think there were a few bits that reminded me of Smallville and that was because, you know, I can't remember his name. Um, I think it was Jonathan's friend who yeah. got the powers and he couldn't control them. I, I think, think his was name like was vibrating. Tag? Yeah, that I was think it. his name was Tag. Yeah, I was like, I don't know so, if that's a name, but okay. <laughs> because in Smallville, they kind of do this thing where every episode is a different misunderstood supervillain uh, or superhero that's just okay. developed powers because something's happened with this. And I, that kind of reminded me of that because I thought they were going to, well, they call it the freak of the week in, in Smallville. Okay. So it, it felt like they were going to do the same kind of thing now, which I'm glad they didn't. Me too, um, me too. And then I guess it's just because the, ho- the whole Smallville thing, because I think Smallville is, is the only TV series that focuses more on Smallville than it does Metropolis. So yeah. I think that reminded me of it a little bit. But other than that, it's pretty pretty standalone. What do you think of them setting the series in Smallville as opposed to Metropolis? Do you think it serves it better? I quite like it, but I think it serves this the story that they, they told in this series better. But I would like to see... Well, even if, because when you're talking about the flashback episode, I, I love that because I think that was one of the best episodes. And it yeah. was because we got to see all of the bits that we feel like we missed because obviously the boys were teenagers, they, they were already married and it just felt like it was filling in the gaps a little bit. And then we got to see Metropolis quite a lot, which I don't know, I just think it would be nice to explore both sides rather yeah. than just stick into Smallville. Yeah, that's the thing. I, I love the montage that they gave in the beginning that kind of just gives you the, you know, the points you need to know as far as them getting married, having kids and stuff like that. But um, when we did the flashback and they elongated some of those scenes, I really got excited because I had the nuggets of them. I had the moments that I remembered and they, you know, expounded on them. And yeah, that was really clever. It, yeah, it was, it was really good. Um, what do you think of the suit? It's OK. It's not my favorite suit. Sometimes um, I think it's a bit it's a bit bulky. <laughs> Sometimes I feel like it's a little stiff. I feel the opposite. I think I did. People mentioned it before, and I was like, "Oh no, it doesn't look that bad." And then there was, I think it was towards maybe like one of the last two or three episodes. He kind of you can see the wrinkles in the suit, so it's like he's not filling the suit out properly. Oh, okay. And I think that well, it still it still looked good and all the CGI and stuff, but it kind of took it away a little bit. But. Yeah. yeah, it's not my favorite suit, but I think there's time for it to change. I know my man's done some work, though, because they have that scene of him ch- checking out the bullet the bullet holes on him. And I'm like, mm-hmm. Tyler, you've been at the gym. You've been, you've been working on some things. <laughs> so I really yeah. did that. <laughs> um, not so long ago was the actual birthday of the character of Lois Lane. And here we have Elizabeth Tulick. Where does she sit on the pantheon of Lois Lane's for you? I think she's amazing she's she's probably one of the best Loises for me Lois Lane well because of where I started with Superman which was um the new adventures of Lois and Clark I think Terry Hatcher is my favorite Lois Lane yeah um Margot Kidder obviously is is incredible as Lois Lane too but I think she's on par with Margot Kidder for me in terms of the way she portrays the character there's a few bits that I didn't um, I don't know, it just added a bit more of an emotional side to her, especially like with because um, they were talking about the loss of the child and things like that. And she kind of sticks up to her dad a little bit more in this, I feel, because she's kind of taken the side of the, the townsfolk by wanting to tell them everything that's going on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she's she's really good. I am in love with her. <laughs> I, 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 I didn't know... I. 
the the Lois that I read is my favorite Lois, I guess I would say, um, mm. because I do think that she is a bit of a spitfire. She is somebody who has lived a life in Metropolis, you know, the big city. So she's a little bit quicker on her feet. She's mm. hard to intimidate because she's, uh, you know, interviewed dictators and presidents yeah. <laughs> and Lex Luthor and aliens on occasion. Um, but she's still the the tender heart of that of that relationship there. And I didn't think. I would get so many like pep talks on the porch. There's so many like cute, cute little yeah. moments where one of them is like, I don't know if I'm doing what I'm doing right. And the other one is like, well, you know, I'm with you regardless. And we're just going to do that. And it's so small, but I'm like, it makes me happy. I, I'm rooting for this couple because yeah. they're not, they're not taking time to be petty or um, vindictive. There's moments where they're not each other's best friend. Mm. Um, and I like that in those moments, they write Lois to be emotionally honest, you know, where she'll say like, I really don't like you right now. You know, I don't, I don't <laughs> yeah. like you right now. And I, I know that, and I know it's for a dumb reason, but you kind of have to let me be mad right now. That yeah. I wish some of us had the, the courage to be able to just understand what's going on in our heads and expound it. And even it, it's a double layered cake because they're introducing this character of Lois in the Arrowverse and trying to characterize her, but she's also a mother. So she now has this weight of gravitas of now being responsible for protecting her kids. You were talking about the episode um, where they talk about her losing her kid. I believe it's episode eight. And that I got emotional in that episode because I never understood or, you know, I'm all about learning new perspectives. And I never uh, understood how daunting it could be to mm-hmm. raise something. You know, it's your heart. And then it just is out in the world, as she says. And you can't really protect it forever. And the the tragedy of that, um, but also the faith in your ability to raise it, that you have to trust in the process. You know, you yeah. have to trust that you were a good enough parent, so was Clark and, and et cetera. But all of that felt raw. All of that felt real. Her, her yelling at Jonathan when he almost killed himself in that RV. That I've gotten that art that yelling at. I've gotten that yeah. talking to. You know, I was like, <laughs> I was like, that is a mother. She that yeah, hundred percent. It starts off with, oh my god, are you okay? And then, how could you do something yeah. like that? <laughs> you know, all the time. Um, so I I really really dug that. And one of the things I have to point out is in the flashback episode, you see that Clark came back and may have kind of come back for Lana. You know, like yeah. he came back at least looking for Lana. So yeah. when that happens and he sees that Lana is married, I started to worry that this would be a rebound situation, right? Like, oh, mm-hmm. I did, you know, I couldn't get with my, my, you know, my best girl in my small town. So now I'm just going to get with this. But they found a way to make it organic. Like they just worked yeah. on the, worked in the paper together in Metropolis and they just kept, you know, uh, the chemistry just kept building. And I buy their flirtation in, in, a, in a weird way. <laughs> Well, the thing is as well, like, this is the first time that Lois has been interested in Clark before she was interested in Superman, I think. Well, yeah. from, from what, what I've experienced, it's the first time. So that was quite nice because sometimes Lois comes, well, I'm reading the Golden Age comics at the minute and Lois is horrible. She's, <laughs> I don't know why Clark even likes her. But right. um, yeah, and I think even in like the Christopher Reeve films where Margot Kidder is Lois Lane, she's very dismissive of Clark. And then you kind of think like, why are you so obsessed with her when she's, she's horrible to you? Yeah. She's only nice to you when you're Superman. Um, but yeah, I quite like that because it was like a fresh take on it and it made her 
more likable, I think, because sometimes she comes across as being quite shallow because of that whole yeah. thing where she, she dismisses Clark because he's, well, he's like a little bumbling sort of fool sometimes, isn't he? So Yeah, that's a perfect, that's a perfect statement because, yeah, she'll be like, oh, Clark, you idiot, you're late for f- five minutes. And then she'll be like, oh, my God, Superman. And they can't yeah. get all hot and bothered. And you're like, it's the same person. And then what message does that send, right? Like, do you have to be somebody else to, you know, be the be with the person that you want to be with? I didn't expect that wrinkle to be added. I'm watching the show and she, I think her producer is like, bro, I think Superman's digging on you. And she's like, yeah. she's like, oh, well, he's an alien, whatever. And then when she says, but I'm already in love, I'm in love with Clark, goosebumps. Cause I'm yeah. like, wow, they're gonna, they're gonna make this from a place of good. You know, they're gonna make this from a place that, that the basis, the foundation is not based in a lie. It's yeah. not like she was fawning for somebody and then found out that they were the same person. She was always digging on Clark um, and pick and to pick Clark over Superman to say, I know Superman might be interested in me, but I want to be with the reporter yeah. from Smallville. And she didn't even know that Clark liked her at the time, which, yeah, I like the faith that she had in, in, in that. Yeah, that's huge. That's huge. Um, with them, you get the also the introduction of General Lane, uh, Sam Lane, the uh, head of the DOD, very mm-hmm. militant. Um, somebody, one of the things I think was best about this show is that it gave me hard stances of, on certain people in the beginning. And then I ended up softening on them. He was definitely yeah. one of the ones that I ended up softening on, uh, because his pragmatic nature of like, I, you know, it's either right or wrong. It's mm-hmm. either do or die, uh, lends him to be the, the kind of person to make black and white decisions that Superman wouldn't, what we realize now. And I guess we should have realized this always is that, that question of hope is the embodiment of the whole Superman character. It's not whether or not statistically something would happen. It's the faith that you have that the best will happen given the circumstance. And that's not a faith that the military can really uh, do. You know, they can't afford that sort of faith. And in, in that whole kind of idea in this series, Superman kind of went back on his faith in himself yeah. because of how easily he was, well, him and Jordan were manipulated. Um, right. He, well, they, they, General Lane pretty much said to destroy the, the kryptonite weapons, and which didn't make sense because of all of that, that has literally <laughs> just happened with all the kryptonite. Right, right. Um, even Superman or Clark goes back on that when in so many like comics and TV and films, we kind of see them fighting over that kind yeah. of thing. Even well, Lois was she kept her stance on that. So like she was still for getting rid of the the weapons, and she got really angry with Clark for, for actually agreeing with her dad, which was quite interesting. Yeah, and they both had good sides. Like they both were telling the truth. Yeah. That's another thing that happens in the show where you have two people with correct opinions, but they're both just coming at it from a different angle, yeah. from a different direction. Um, you, I, of course, you build all that stuff. You know, it's it's it, you, it's unprecedented what you're dealing with right now with this alien here, and he's kind of sort of your son-in-law. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it's just a, it's just a weird system there. But there's moments in this where you can see the wheels turning in General Lane's head, and he's choosing his family over his profession. And um, that that's doesn't the best ha- part. that doesn't happen often as well. So that was like a. F- fresh take on general name because usually he doesn't care whether it's his family does 
a lot of the comic series, he did him and Lois aren't even speaking because of decisions that he's made or things that he doesn't agree with. And well, actually, in, in the comics now, he's actually dead, so he's not even in it. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah, so it was quite a fresh take on him, which I quite liked. And, and it never sort of became normal for me to hear the boys calling him granddad. That was just, <laughs> that was just weird. <laughs> yeah. And even like seeing them, him and Superman talking, it's like, yeah, that's your, that's your son-in-law. Like that's, yeah. <laughs> you know. Like- and he actually started speaking to him like it was his son-in-law because obviously they have a lot of beef in, in the comics and stuff. So yeah. yeah, yeah, that was quite nice to see. It was really cool to see him soften up, but some of that softening up starts off with the conversation of boundaries where Lois kind of puts him on his ass and is like, yeah. Hey, um, you know, if you're, if you're saying what you're doing is protecting your family, then I'm going to protect mine. You're not allowed around here anymore. And I was like, yeah. Oh man, that's, that's, that's a big thing to do. But so often we allow people in our lives because of the role that they previously had that they're supposed to be upholding and maybe not upholding in the right way. Um, this is a, uh, this is a family that does that is trying to reward merit, you know, mm. trying to reward people doing the right thing. And so if you can't do the right thing by this family, maybe you shouldn't be around the house anymore. And that's a big statement to make. But then he kind of puts her on her ass because this is like the first time you actually agree with General Lane more than like Lois and what she's saying is because he's he explains that he's not trying to protect just the family. He's trying to protect the world um, yeah. and obviously having Kryptonians flying about destroying <laughs> it is, isn't gonna isn't gonna help so yeah they definitely make his stance on things more understandable and more relatable so you, you can kind of understand why he's coming coming at it in that direction yeah yeah and the, I'm I'm was definitely getting we'll get into the um John Henry Irons of it all but I was definitely getting um batman versus superman if there's only one percent chance that he could you know Mm. flip out then we have to make sure that we have the uh tools to stop him like i was getting a lot of that and there is a lot of subliminal man of steel stuff in this you know um i liked that our superman was doubtful i i didn't sorry i like that our superman was doubtful i also liked that he didn't stay doubtful you know it, it it's almost sad that our henry cavill didn't have an anchor right because he lost um, Jonathan and he was away from Martha and Lois didn't really know his secret yet so while he's going through all this stuff with Zod there's no one to pull him down and be like hey you know you got this don't worry about it yeah and seeing that here showed how well that works for for this character um the big plot in this is or the big bad in this is Morgan Edge uh Tauro who is a Kryptonian and the brother of Superman were you how did you feel about that that reveal that's pretty huge yeah, I think, well, I, because there's a lot of comics of Superman that I haven't read, so I assumed that it was in the comics, which it is, and it's just a brand new character. Right, 100% whole cloth. Yeah, yeah. I, did, I didn't realise that. So, yeah, it's interesting. And I kind of like that even now they're adding new bits to the Superman mythos. Like, obviously, it's not the case for all of the Superman mythos and all the TV series and whatever. It's obviously just this one. But, yeah, it's interesting, and it kind of adds surprise because you know you, well, we weren't expecting that and then even though he kind of turned into a villain that we know quite well yeah um it was just a different take on it I quite liked it yeah uh and it I think that it tackles this whole idea of nature versus nurture you have these two children both who land on earth mm-hmm. to completely different circumstances to completely different father figures but I will say because he well, obviously, Superman goes to uh, Kansas, oh, 
he Tauro Morganesh goes to England and then he turns into this villain. I'm like, what are you trying to say about England? I was gonna say, I was gonna say, do you have invested interest in this? Is it normal uh across the pond to shoot a child with no. a shotgun? I had to I just had to ask because I wasn't sure. I'm watching the series, I'm like, they just shot that kid. They just shot that kid with a shotgun. This is absolutely ridiculous. Um, and they didn't have yeah. to make him British. I feel like that's a villain trope at this point. Like this yeah, a lot this of villains are British, aren't they? Affluent, yeah, this affluent. <laughs> you know, um, accent means you're, you're villainous. I don't understand why. I don't understand what yeah. that has to do with anything. I think sometimes it works, but sometimes it does get a little bit so, too much. <laughs> yeah. The idea is there's a bunch of ex-Kryptonite uh, buried in Smallville and with it um, and this uh, weapon called the Eradicator, Morgan Edge will be able to supplant subconsciousness of Kryptonians inside the residents of Smallville because they themselves have been living amongst this ex-Kryptonite for so long that they're able to um, bond better. So this these subconscious of Kryptonians will go inside these humans and kind of snuff them out by just being so dominant that they would then just control the body in perpetuity and if he yeah. can do this enough he gets all of um smallville this is another i mean sorry all of krypton back seemingly this is another situation in which the fate of krypton is in cal's hands and he has to make a choice um yeah. what do you what do you feel about, i mean how do you feel about this idea that morgan edge at one point tried to approach him as a brother and kind of being like hey our mom you know we could see our mom again uh yeah. did, did you believe him in that sense there's a there's a little bit of a betrayal in his eyes when all this doesn't go the way morgan thinks it's going to do you really believe that this he really thought this brother thing could work i think he did it because he knows how close he is to it with his family um yeah. but yeah no it, it was it was never gonna work but um this was something that reminded me of smallville which i forgot about because in smallville there's a lot of Rather than introducing a new character like Jam, when well, in small they do Jam Wizard, um, Feyora mm-hmm. as well. Um, but they they take over characters that are already in Smallville. So Feyora takes over Lois Lane in Smallville rather than introduce oh, okay. a new cast member to, to play her. Which it, after a bit, it kind of got annoying, and this <laughs> happened quite a lot in this series. So obviously, you had. Uh, I think Superman's mom went into Lois, didn't she? Uh, um, Lana, Lana. Oh, sorry, yeah, Lana. Yeah. Uh, and then obviously Jungle Zod ended up going into Superman for a little while. You had Taro's dad, which I can't remember his name. Zetaro, was it? Zetaro, yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah. Um, he went into Jordan and it, there was just, there was a lot of that. So I feel like that was taken a little bit from Smallville. But yeah, it was one of the things in like Morgan Edge or Taro's plan and ideas make sense because he wants to protect his people it's, it's exactly the same as man of steel with jam Wizard there what he's doing in it that's that's why it reminds me of man of steel because the plot in that sense is exactly the same yeah yeah and clark just like a man of steel chooses humanity um something that morgan edge is so um astonished by he has to look through his memories just to figure out what the heck it, yeah. <laughs> why choose why choose this place over anything and majority of what he saw is what i've uh, called here small town values um i've i've harped on this a bunch because um i think just like what you guys are doing at the aspiring kryptonian i have a bunch of differing opinions over here on the side of comic book click and so i'm often on the outs because i believe that the kents could have been portrayed better in man of steel thus leading to a more straight-laced superman um and i didn't have any evidence for it until this show (laughs) so seeing martha can't be a hero you know to the town without having powers 
informs mm. a lot to what Superman is and the kind of character that he is in general. I had a very like simple thought the other day, which was that you know when Superman's out and about saving the world, he's not doing what he thinks we should. He's doing what he's seen the best of us already do. But because he's fast enough and strong enough to do all of it, he's constantly doing it. But he's not doing it in a kind of like, this is like to set an example, he's le- leading off the example that the best of us are doing, yes. you know, and, and that's a that's an incredibly interesting way to look at that character, because sometimes it does seem like he rises above us, you know, almost better than us. And that's never how the character chooses to be portrayed. He wants to be among us. He wants to be at our level yeah. and see us eye to eye. You've seen him talk to children with the same reverence that he talks to adults and stuff. Um, what do you think about all the inclusion of the flashbacks, the small town of it all, and how Clark was raised to become the kind of Superman that he is in here? Do you think it all fits? Yeah, it definitely fits. Um, I feel like they missed a trick by killing off Park Kent straight away because he's obviously well, he was only in it in the flashback, and that was only yeah. very briefly. Um, and obviously they killed Martha off at the beginning of the series as well, but you only see her in, in the flashbacks as well. So that's why I kind of want them to go into the flashbacks a little bit more because I want to see more of how they influenced him. And from what we did see in the flashbacks, you can definitely see it, but I feel like I don't understand why you would kill off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you could two. do more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're big characters to kill off straight away. I think the other big set of characters in this small town are the Cushings, Kyle, Lana Lang, and Sophie. And I believe they had another Sophie and Sarah. I yeah. think that's all of them. You never see Sophie. The littlest one. I don't yeah. know where she, I don't know what she does on the show, but she's <laughs> that's never what I, said. I was like, this, I, was, I, I didn't understand the point in even introducing her. Cause she's obviously not in the comics or anything. Right. Neither is Sarah, but at least Sarah played a, well, a lot more of a part than Sophie did. <laughs> Yeah, at one point, uh, Sophie comes back, and I didn't know she left. And I was like, wait a minute. Wait, where are you coming back from? I, like, missed the whole thing. And then I was like, yeah, they do have two kids. Where's the other kid at? Um, But one of the things uh, when people start watching my reaction series is my my punching bag in the series early on is Kyle. I'm very upset with how sure he was in this Morgan Edge project Mm -hmm. and how many bridges he was willing to burn you know, to make sure that it came to the point that it needed to be. But what a turnaround for that character. Once yeah. you start seeing him kind of get the medicine that he's been giving people, automatically I'm like, don't you talk to him that way. You better, yeah. you better be nicer <laughs> to this family. All right. But early on, I'm like, Kyle, of course it's Kyle. It's Kyle, guys. Kyle's yeah. back, everybody. Of course, Morgan Edge's biggest fan. And but at the end, um, you know, really harping on that. Um, what do you think of, about them as characters? Do you think they were necessary in telling this story? And uh do you think they're fully fleshed out? Because sometimes you can picture characters just being plot devices to move things along. Yeah. Yeah, I guess they were kind of plot devices, but I did like the family because it, they kind of added a bit of drama, I think, more than towards the plot because obviously you had the relationship between Sarah and her dad was a little bit off. He was an alcoholic. Um, then you had the yeah. relationship between him and, and um, Lana. And there was a bit where he was kind of jealous of Clark because she'd been stalking his Facebook or something before he moved back and all this right. sort of stuff. It added good drama in, in that sense. And at first I didn't really, I wasn't really that bothered about them. And I don't think they added to the plot as such other than Kyle being the Kryptonian. Um, he he yeah. turned into one of the Kryptonians, didn't he? So 
yeah I don't know it, it was a tr- it was a tricky one and I think Sarah sometimes got on my nerves in the sense that it was like her and Jordan the way they were talking about their relationship and all this stuff especially <laughs> oh, towards the end where they're like oh yeah and they're like oh I've got to move I've got to move to Bristol which was two hours from them or something like that and I'm yeah. like your dad is Superman he can literally fly you there in two seconds right I'm like <laughs> I'm like uh you guys are gonna get real used to zoom because we all did yeah. you know when we're and he can fly now so what's the problem <laughs> yeah there, there's no issues there I I there was a lot of times I was in that same mindset sometimes but then the very next thought was was I that bad was I that, you know, self, self-involved self and like the whole world's crashing around me? And I guess I probably was. But watching it on the outside, I'm like, you kids got to, there's bigger fish yeah. to fry. Like you kids got to kind of get. Yeah. Down. And like me and my partner did long distance for like six years and we lived two hours oh. apart at the time. So I was just like, get a grip. Oh, so you had no sympathy for that. It was like, no, yeah. come on, figure it out, figure it out. But yeah, when when, when we were talking about on, on our podcast as well, um Evan was like yeah but they are teenagers this is the end of their world pretty much I was like yeah fair I, I guess er- so. everything <laughs> is when, when you lose it when you lose your car keys end of the world and you stub your toe and yeah. <laughs> that's, that's how it is in that um I was I thought Sarah was going to be a problem I actually thought the Christians were set on setting up for one of them to die I thought that's what they were their point was going to be the the owl verse casualty of the season you know the one mm. person that seemingly goes we I think we kind of made out of here casualty free for the most part, yeah. I think uh, we have everybody still. So that's that's really awesome. But um, it, it, in the beginning, again, my predication because of simpler, what I'll call media, I'm thinking, oh, they're going to do something with like Clark and Kyle and Lana, you know, hmm. or they're going to do something with Lana versus Lois in, in the whole. Yeah, grand I thought story. it was going to go that way. And again applaud the show that they rose above that on many occasions they were confidants to one another yeah but i feel like a lesser show would have been like oh you dated my man and it would have been no a whole caddy that's what i thought was gonna happen i'm not gonna lie (laughs) yeah Uh, especially the kyle and clark thing i think i thought that was gonna be a thing because when they're first introduced he's very shady to kyle's very shady towards clark because he obviously knows that lana and him have history and stuff so yeah yeah i thought it was gonna go that way as well yeah, I was just over. I mean, I don't feel foolish now that I feel better about Kyle, because even if I go back now, he was incredibly antagonistic in those early episodes. He's just swirling around that beer bottle and, you know, yeah. <laughs> uh, being sarcastic and like just snippy and stuff like that. Um, but it's to show the imperfectness of family, I think, overall and how we all fumble and we all, you know, sometimes make missteps. And it's about the graciousness and again, that hope. You know, even yeah. though we have we may have a track record of doing wrong, if the right people around us can see us to be better people eventually, maybe that faith will carry on and we can be those people. So that's yeah. one of those feel that's one of the um I guess themes about Superman that I really like is the individual can have the power, you know, uh, and they can give themselves the power so long as they believe in themselves. So I always yeah, thought that sure. was really good. Um so oh, another little theme that I feel like was going on in here, which is my favorite part of the Superman mythos, is this idea of the constant super restraint that Clark needs to have, right? At uh, one yeah. point, this, this is what makes him think that he might actually go wrong or bad at one point, because when he's taken over by General Zod due to Morgan Edge and the Eradicator, 
it is uh, he sees that he's able to let loose and when he's able to let loose it feels good to him um i think that this is one of the most important parts of superman because when people point to superman going bad this is the this is the uh, uh straw that breaks the camel's back if you will because he lives his entire life as if everything is made out of construction paper like every door it, and a, yeah. a lot of people don't realize that about superman they don't realize how they're like oh he's the strongest superhero that well how can you like him he's boring but he is the strongest superhero but he doesn't he hardly ever uses it even when he's fighting villains he still holds back yeah um, and that's played quite a lot in, in the comics as well but yeah that's kind of why i like seeing him go bad because you do see him to his full potential which is rare because even though there's so many iterations of the evil superman like injustice and we saw it a little bit in Zack Snyder's justice league and stuff like that but yeah, we we hardly ever see him go to his full rogue potential. Do you think Tyler makes an intimidating evil Superman? I don't think we saw. We only kind of saw him floating around with his red bit. eyes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so I guess it's intimidating. It was pretty peak that he killed Lois in on John Henry's Earth. Yeah. Um, that was pretty. That's probably the most intimidating part about him so far. But I think. We probably didn't see enough of the evil Superman. We, we got to talk about the stranger. We got to talk about Captain Luther, as I went through various episodes thinking this was. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the, the, the tale of John Henry Irons. We get Steel in this. Uh, Steel on his Earth. Um, Kryptonians actually, you know, Cal L is not actually with Lois Lane. That's his wife. They have a mm-hmm. child named Natalie. And Superman and a bunch of other Kryptonians end up taking over their world and killing Lois Lane. This creates a bit of a blood feud between him and Superman. So he starts creating a bunch of of weaponry, an aircraft, a suit, all to take him down eventually and ends up transported to our world. And when he sees Superman in our world, he considers it the same sort of threat that that has affected his, which causes this big revenge plot what do you think about the character of john henry irons and introducing him this way almost antagonistically uh, at first it was different um <laughs> but i yeah i quite liked it i think it because he changed completely and he obviously started off being i guess he was a villain but he had yeah his, he had his own reasons um and now he's kind of an ally which i quite like the whole 360 that his character did in in that sense um yeah, I I was very happy to see Steel in live action. Um, but I think next time I see him, I want to see the red cape. Yeah, I want to see the That's emblem, different. man. When he was spray yeah. painting it, I thought he was putting the S on it. He put the little bug, which is cool. <laughs> you know, I get it. But I totally thought he was doing the S. I'm like, this is this is the moment. This is the we've crossed the yeah. threshold. Um, but watch, you know, he was another one that we got a series of flashbacks for. I was not digging him kissing all over Lois Lane only because my <laughs> mind was already set on my couple. But Yeah, that but was once, a bit. Yeah, but once you get past that, I think uh, the character, I think his name is uh, Wole Parks, the actor. I think he did a real good job at, at the thousand yard stare of losing your everything, losing everything. So all you have now is this mission to, you know, eradicate you know, no pun intended, the world from <laughs> this alien. And when they do get on the same side, when they when it's figured out that Cal is not a source of evil, he's almost aimless because that was all his, that yeah. was his whole thing, you know? Yeah, but then it, it, his, what happened on his earth does start to happen. So you can see 
it didn't it wasn't wasted like it, it paid off because he obviously had the weapons that he he had made for for Kal-El, um and then he's put them into action for Tauro, which yeah. was quite good it, it wasn't pointless like he, yeah, he, had, uh, he still had a move 100 percent, and it you know when morgan edge is able to supplant zod's you know consciousness inside superman it is literally the confirmation of everyone's worst fears right general lane's worst fears john henry iron's worst fears and they have a moment where they could kill him they have the weaponry where they can kill him where they can stop him um and that's i guess you would say the full arc of the character he gets to to the point where he can kill superman the one thing he's come here to do and he chooses not to he chooses instead to speak to him which was i didn't uh, think he was gonna do that he was just too because because that, that, that was his life's mission, wasn't it? His life's work. Sorry, you can probably see as we talk, my chair keeps going down. <laughs> it's the gravity. You're not used to the gravity of this earth. That's what uh, it is. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it is there. It's a broken chair. Um, but yeah, I, I like, I really, I really liked him. And I'm glad that, um, well, it's Nat- I keep saying Natasha because that's who it is in the comics, isn't it? But I'm glad that he found Natalie finally because I didn't really understand why he kept putting it off trying to find her. She Is she the one that eventually becomes Steel in the comics? Yeah. Okay. Well, okay. It's, it's Natasha, but I'm assuming it's the same. Right, right. Because I was looking, I was looking at her, and I remember in one of the most recent Teen Titans runs that they had a female steel in there. So I was wondering if there was any kind of relation yeah. to the character there. Um, what do you think of the idea? I gotta leave because I can't see my wife here with another man <laughs> being happy all the time. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. I with all the stuff that goes on in the series, I kind of forgot that Lois was his wife in, on his earth. And you, you kind of forget how he must feel seeing her with somebody else every day and having different kids every day. And especially yeah. when Natalie comes in, she's like, mom. And yeah. that kind of reminds, reminds you of what he's probably thinking and feeling every, every time he sees them. So yeah, it was good. I, it, I think it added, added to the stakes for him a little bit. Oh, definitely. I may be in the minority, but I felt like that was kind of a weird way to end the season with the whole because it almost seems like it's setting up a confrontation but there wouldn't be any confrontation it would just be like this is not your mom right like they would just yeah. say this is, this is another earth this is not your mom so it's, <laughs> all, you know all said and done but um yeah i suppose so i, I, I don't know i think well i'm glad she was introduced at the end yes yes knew that was gonna happen at some point um, did you know it was but, her no but i don't know because they kept talking about him trying to find her and once yeah. they showed it was her, I was like, oh yeah, of course it is. But yeah, yeah when, when they were kind of saying there was, there's a spaceship coming towards you, I was like, oh, who, who is this? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I thought, yeah, Steel was incredibly handled well. I like to see him and Clark together, like just together on the same team, working together, flying, all that kind of stuff was really good. Even when he was an antagonist, the weaponry that he had, the way he was able to get on to Superman, I think at one point he shanks him with a kryptonite knife and then tosses him down, you know, into, into the Earth's atmosphere. Um, incredibly menacing. I like my villains menacing. I like to be a little bit scared by them because they should feel out of control and our heroes should feel in control. Um, yeah. So seeing that there completely worked for me. There was literally only one thing I had a bit of an issue with because maybe it was just my lack of understanding. There's a moment in the series in which uh, Morgan Edge has implanted a bunch of subconsciousness into small villains, and they are all flying towards Clark, and he's holding the Eradicator, 
I think. Yeah, he's holding the, the Eradicator and they all start shoot, shooting lasers at him and he's shooting lasers at the Eradicator or whatever. It like blows up. They lose their yeah. powers, right? They would die, right? Like they would just fall out of the sky. <laughs> when they fall yeah, out of the sky. About that. <laughs> that, I was just, because I'm like, oh, because I'm like, yes, they're free. And then I'm like, oh my God, none of them can fly. They're all gone. <laughs> and when they flash, when they cut to them, they're on the ground and they all just get up and like, Oh, where was I? I can't remember what was hmm. going on there. Yeah, and I was Maybe like, huh. it took them a while to get back to normal from when they. That makes sense. That makes sense. Ground, I guess. I feel. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't think of that. <laughs> um, as far as powers are concerned, they make it a point to not have Superman overpower everyone. Did you have an issue with that at all? That he had to struggle in some of these fights because someone would think, you know, you're watching a Superman show, he should just be running through these people. Yeah, but he was fighting Kryptonians. They had the same power set. As yeah. he did, so I think uh, sometimes I, I don't know. It depends on the storyline, I guess. There's sometimes where it's good that Superman is overpowered and can just stop anyone straight away. Um, like I think, like it happens quite a lot with the prankster and stuff like that in the comics. Yeah, because obviously he's just playing jokes on people, and Superman's just like, "What are you doing?" Um, yeah, yeah. He does it to one guy in this, the guy with the sound gun. Like he's messing with him and trying not to take him out. But then I think he hears the alarm go yeah. off and he's like, you know what? <laughs> this is over. Yeah. He, he like knocks him to the side. He, he blows up his gun and then he flies away. He's like, I'm, I'm yeah. done with this. I'm going to go. Uh, over there. I, like, I like having a bit of both. So obviously you've got that with him, that character. Um, but then you've also got the Kryptonians who do level the playing field a bit, which, yeah, I think it's important to have villains that can do that. And to that, have villains that that powerful that can actually threaten Superman and where he is a bit fearful for whether he's actually gonna I know he's obviously hopeful but there's, there's got to be sometimes like you imagine dark side there's got to be times where he's a little bit worried yeah that that's a lot of the drama right you want to see them in some sort of peril but something that's actually yeah. realistic so that you you don't know whether obviously watching the show Superman and Lois, he's never gonna die straight up, yeah. right? But I there's moments in time where I'm like, oh my god, he turned evil. Oh my god, he got stabbed. Oh my god, his lungs are full of kryptonite gas. Like all those moments, I'm like, it could be the moment. Yeah, but then there's they kind of teased that John Henry's Earth was still because John Henry is saying said all along that he kills the Superman on his Earth. Yeah, but when he gets thrust into the I guess it's the timeline or the earth, the multiverse, whatever. Um, he doesn't actually know that Superman's dead. He thinks he's killed him, right? But he doesn't actually know. So the next series could have he could show up in that black yeah, suit. Yeah, have the the good Superman and the bad Superman, which would yeah. I think that would be quite good. Yeah, it would it would? And again, it would be just a confirmation of all his fears from before to think that all that's done, you know, open and shut case, and then find yeah. out that they're still out there. Uh, yeah, that could be an incredibly big situation. Like you said, I'm, I'm grateful that they didn't just start pulling small, uh, sorry, Superman villains out and like, okay, this week is Parasite and this week is, you know, so-and-so. This felt like almost an elongated film, you know, uh, almost a four-hour <laughs> Snyder Cut, if you will, <laughs> you know, of, of, of one story. And they don't ever really get off of it. I think the most that they do is they steer away from John Henry for a couple of episodes. But for the most part, you're always on board with what's going on with Edge, what's going on with these kids. Um, what do you think is going to be the future for Jordan with these powers? Do you think it's something that he ends up mastering? Does he, could you see him in a suit one day? Do you think they want him in a suit? I mean, is that too fast? Are we going too fast with all this? 
No, I don't think so because it kind of makes sense because in the flashbacks of Superman, um, when Clark was younger, you see him in he's I think he's around like a balaclava or something like that when yeah, he's yeah. trying to stop um stop crime and stuff. So I think he's going to probably try and make his own, or maybe Jonathan will help him make his own suit. Yeah, which will be terrible, and then I think maybe. <laughs> take him to the fortress and get him a proper suit there you go i i yeah i definitely want to see that happen i again like i'm such a maybe an easy easy person with this medium that watching him get the cape again get the cape from his mom you know and it's like you know i made this for you and then he says it again my mom yeah. made this whatever like i'm just like the wholesomeness the meter my heart like the grinch just grew three sizes too big <laughs> in that moment um i i underestimated the heart in this i guess i would say some of this stuff is so punch them up so sciency right we have to mm. take the you know google blocks from the you know kylak system and you know all that stuff but then when it boils down it's really just a human story you know it's really yeah. just a family story um and one of the things i think that they tackle a lot with this is the idea of fear and how irrationally we act with fear whether it's a parent who fears for their child whether it's a, a general who fears for his country or his world uh whether it's john henry irons who fears for the entirety of humanity like th- when we get to that level of fear we do some pretty heinous things some desperate things um there and i think what we're being told in this series what it has to say is that sometimes we have to have that faith we have to have that nugget of benefit of the doubt um when push comes to shove though you get the you get the crystal you're going to the desert or you're going to the the antarctic where are you putting your fortress of solitude the beach i'd go to the beach (laughs) yeah i mean there's better places than both of those (laughs) um out of the two i would go for the desert because i hate the cold yeah um but i wouldn't want to be raised in that way <laughs> right 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 totally yeah <laughs> um but yeah there's there's plenty of other places that would be much better i'd like it to be at a comic-con or something like that that would be pretty cool oh yeah that'd well, be on, awesome. a, on a beach would be good yeah anywhere yeah, right. anywhere nice <laughs> i like that it might be the fortress of margaritas but it's that's different you know, <laughs> that's, you know i'll be out there relaxing yeah um so yeah I'm, I'm digging on this i haven't heard much of season two chatter and to be honest until you said it i didn't even know it wasn't released in the uk is that an hbo max distribution issue there we don't have hbo max either um, oh, okay so well i think it was on what well, was on the cw channel wasn't it, in the in yeah. the, uh, the us and usually we get it on we get the cw shows on sky which hasn't been announced and then things like batgirl was on a different channel and i think it's just a thing with all the rights the rights are just all over the place in the uk so i think they're still trying to work out where to put it ah so you don't know tentatively when it would be dropping over there huh no idea that's crazy to have watched an entire experience right an entire series that uh, you know uh, a bunch of your countrymen have not been able to uh, that's got to feel a bit weird but then that just means that this gets replay value (laughs) <laughs> this episode is going to get definitely. replay value when things but, do land over there. Yeah, well, there's that, but I, I don't think a lot. Of, I think a lot of people just won't wait because it's it's people just spoil it all over social media. So especially when it's well, like we said, it's, it was sort of like a year ago when it first came out. So a year down the line, the, the spoilers are going to be everywhere. So I think people may have watched it illegally. Um, yeah. So yeah. 
I mean, I don't blame them, but it's a shame that they had to do it because they, they would have obviously added to all the ratings and stuff. Yeah, as somebody who usually keeps his ear to the ground with some of this stuff, um, you can get spoiled really, really easily. Mm-hmm. I, I, by the grace of God, didn't have to, didn't end up experiencing the spoiler of John Henry Irons. I, 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 I missed that. And also the same thing with Tauro. I think if I would have known those things early on, I, it would have colored my entire view of this show. Because once you start seeing those threads and you can just pull on them. But at the time, I'm really calling him Captain Luther because that's all I got on him. <laughs> you know, I, that's, that's the only information I have to go on. So yeah. I'm working. I'm trying to work through that where if you have all the puzzle pieces already, it's a little bit less fun. Um, but I do hope that this ends up branching out and getting it, it deserves the praise that some of the Arrowverse used to get back in the day. Like this feels like almost a return to form with a yeah. lot of this stuff. And to me, it hands down is the smaller moments. It's the the Kents painting their house. It's the water fight with the Cushings. You know, mm-hmm. it's the barbecue stuff. It's the it's there's a moment in this series, such a small one, where Clark is just grinning ear to ear, talking about the fair. Yeah, it's just like, yeah. oh, yeah. you guys, it's gonna be so cool, and they have like all these fried dough stands and whatever. It's like such a small thing, but it means the world to him. We never see him get excited about anything, and yeah. now that's the <laughs> thing that he's excited about. It was cool to see Coach Co- Coach Clark in the hat and the, and yeah. the windbreaker out there. You know, um, having to just kind of deal with things as it is, not being the super dad in the moment, but kind of just letting things happen. That couldn't have been easy for him. Um, yeah, what do you think of the? Uh, I don't know what they called it. The little beeper, the the, the Superman. Yeah, I mean it makes sense for yeah. them to have it, um, because he can't always be listening out if he's focusing on something else. But yeah, I think they played it well because there was a lot of times where they couldn't quite use it. Yeah. Um, especially when there was like the car crash bit and he couldn't find. I think they dropped it in the castle when they couldn't find it. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it was good. I definitely need one like that as a ringtone or something. I need that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, it oh kind of reminds me of the old Jimmy Olsen thing yeah. as well. Jimmy's got the signal watch. Yeah. Um, they mentioned Jimmy in this, but I guess we're not going to see it because it'll be too confusing with Supergirl. Yeah. And stuff. They might not introduce that character or maybe they'll introduce him moving forward. Um, I, I was probably again on the outs because when the Cushings are talking about moving, I'm like, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> you guys been in Smallville forever and they're treating you like trash. Like, yeah, like, and you can always come back. Like, just go ahead. But it, that's not the point. The point is that they are Smallville. They're all Smallvillians. Oh my God. Watching the de- the dedication of the Martha Kent bench. That got me. Oh yeah, that was you know, Like that moments like that got me. And then it, it transitions to watching Martha say bye to Clark, not knowing whether or not he's going to be okay on his mission of self-discovery. Sure. Like all of that stuff. This, this show has a confidence I haven't seen in a while where it's like, we're going to show you this and you either going to care or you don't, but we care. This is the stuff that we yeah. care about. Um, it's not necessarily because CW can get a bit, a bit much, you know, yeah. uh, and it can get a bit um, even morose with like, like flash now is always depressed. He's always sad. He's always depressed. Um, that was my guiding light. And so I need a show that is going to continue to try to look in the positive direction. And I yeah. think, I think you can't beat this right now. Yeah, definitely. It's, it, it definitely exceeded my expectations. It's a lot better than I thought it was going to be because I thought it was going to be within the Arrowverse and I thought that was going to be the standard of the quality. Um, but it's, yeah, it's blown me away. I've really enjoyed it. And yeah, I'm glad they've already renewed it for series two. And I think like there was, even though Supergirls tackled quite a few Superman storylines, I think there's so many villains and stuff that they could even 
cop but they could even take the stuff that they've already done in Supergirl and just redo it and do it their own way. Yeah. I think they'd probably do it a lot better. We're in a world right now that depending on your Superman character of choice, you can go and watch Superman and Lois and go and watch Zack Snyder's justice league. You can go and watch Supergirl for, you know, insulary characters to the Superman world. And then you can go and watch Titans and get Superboy yeah. and crypto from there. So with all those possibilities, I really would like to see them get creative with some of this stuff, because what I try to tell people is like the comics are like really, really good jokes. And sometimes the media is like seeing somebody tell a really good joke the bad way, like a wrong way where they don't have the pacing and they don't have the, so you go, no, you ruined it. Like that's, it's, it's supposed yeah. to be really good, but your delivery of it and the way you chose to try to introduce it, it didn't. And then when the, the whole thing fails, it becomes a failure of Superman, let's say. And it's like, no, yeah. it's not. Superman hasn't failed in 80 years. He hasn't failed. You're failing him by not produce, you know, showing him uh, the right way. Uh, are you open to all those those different you know the supergirl the superboy the crypto are you yeah does that mean I something like, yeah i like all of them um i'm kind of new to the whole superboy and supergirl thing because like in terms of comics i, was, I know they're, yeah. they're characters but i've only just started reading their comics so yeah i'm kind of getting to know them a bit more but i'm happy to see any sort of member of the superman family brought to life especially crypto i love crypto i love dogs yeah <laughs> um, yeah so cryptos the best boy yeah, he's one of my favorites. Um, and that's kind of what's got me like Titans is really good yeah. in terms of quality as well. Um, but I feel like they're very even though they've got I don't know, it's hard because there's so many different characters in that group. Because yeah. you've got like Beast Boy, you've got well, it's Nightwing now, isn't it? And all these other characters, and I feel like they're focusing too much on the Bat family at the moment, and you've yeah. got these huge hitters like I know there's a, a bit about, I haven't watched the new series yet, but I know there's a bit about Starfire and, and Blackfire. Yeah. Um, I feel like they've got Superboy and they've got Crypto and they're just not using them. Right. At all. Right. Uh, it's weird to me. So maybe they're waiting for the right time. Um, but yeah, it, it seems to me like, especially with Crypto, sometimes when he's introduced, he's only introduced to enhance the plot or to enhance the stakes rather than to be a character. I know it's a dog. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. He has a lot of personality, though. He, that, yeah, that, he, that, he can he can definitely have his own adventures and stuff. I, yeah, I can like I can it, totally see that. Yeah, in the old comics, he's you get like a narration of what he's thinking as well. Right. So it's like he's it's like he's a person. So he'd be like, "Oh, Superboy's mad at me. What's going on?" <laughs> right. Kind of thing. So yeah, I think he's underused. And same for Supergirl, apart from obviously the TV series, but in terms of like comics and. Oh, it's Either. a, it's a, I mean, you're, you're going through some of the best and some of the worst in when it comes to some of these comics. And I would say that they have also failed Superboy and Supergirl on multiple occasions. I think at one point mm. she's a clone. Uh, yes. uh, she's, she's some sort of clone with like uh, telepathy or something like that. I, I forget. Yeah, I think she's Matrix, I think she was called. I haven't read it, but I've, I've been writing the, the read order ahead of time. So yeah, yeah it's. So it's like all of this stuff gets real crazy, but that's not an excuse to not, uh, you know, present these characters in the best light or give them the best chance at this. The reason why I like this show existing is that you can have all the stuff that you have on that side. If you want to be edgy, if you want to say F Batman, you know, if you want to, you know, drag somebody's face against broken glass, you, you totally can. Yeah. And, on this, and then on this side, we're going to have a water fight, you know, and we're going to have, yeah. you know, apple pie and we're going to have. That's it. It's good to have different layers of it because obviously, 
Titans is probably not for kids. Like you don't right, you don't want yeah, your kids totally. to watch Titans, but then you'll be happy to, for your kid to watch this. So yeah, I like that there's different layers of well, it's like different ages in it, I guess. Yeah. Different violence levels. <laughs> yes, yes, of course, of course. I'm trying to think through right now. I think that might be the end I got on Superman and Lois, but you're tackling so many things right now as part of um the expiring kryptonian.com and the expiring kryptonian podcast what superman uh i guess comic or medium are you the most interested in now because i know you're tackling some of the main stuff some of the action comic stuff i know he has some one shots and stuff what is the thing that if you can point superman fans in a direction of something going on currently what what would you point them to um i mean they're all pretty good i think yeah I've only read issue one, but Superman 78 is pretty damn good. And yeah. for like the people that really like Christopher Reeve, I think this is perfect for them. Um, and people that, well, perfect for them and perfect for people that aren't really too familiar because it is like stepping back in a time machine because the characters, like the way that the artists have portrayed the characters is exactly the same. They look exactly the same as what they do in the film, which is quite nice. Um, and then it's probably Action Comics is probably the one. Yeah. Um, it's just... I think it's well because normally because you have the whole future state thing and then Philip Kennedy Johnson, who's the writer for Action Comics, he set up this whole world which we kind of thought we weren't going to get to explore because it was just a, like a one-off issue. Um, right. But he's kind of throwing it all into into Action Comics and they're all kind of linking together, so it's linking with Superman and the Authority as well. So. I know that I've been really people. interested in. I've been really interested in Superman and the Authority. I haven't gotten into yeah. it. I love the character of Manchester Black. I yeah. like how cheeky he is. He's just really, he's really, uh, he's really got a, a, a cool swagger about him. And I've seen yeah. some of the panels from there and they're downright hilarious. I, like, I gotta get, I've gotta get into uh, Superman yeah. and the Authority. It's really yeah. good. Um, it's hard to choose between, I think Action Comics is setting up the most interesting stuff, but then mm-hmm. it is all gonna link with the other ones. So it's hard to, to pinpoint what hard to pinpoint on that thing but i think action comics has set up a lot of the stuff even in like superman and um superman son of kal out set up all the stuff in there okay. set up the stuff with superman and the authority so i think that's the place to start do you think we'll ever get back to the future state house of l stuff do you think we'll ever do you think any of that's in in our future yeah i think um well i, I think this is oh no it's it's the other one um I think Philip. Oh, uh, world, world's at war. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the one that's playing into action comics at the minute. I think. Oh no, Superman! <laughs> oh no. Yeah. So, but then this—he looks like the Superman in Superman: The Authority with the, like the grey hair, yeah. so it makes sense. But um, yeah, I think Philip Kennedy Johnson said that he is gonna. He doesn't want to because he's created these characters and like their backstory, even though they're in one issue. Um, yeah. And, and, and the annual. Um, they have a lot of backstory and a lot of stories to tell. So I, I can't see them just doing a one-off on that. I think they're going to come back. I can see that. I can see that. Uh, lastly, in this world now with everything changing, is your heart open for a Superman that's not Clark Kent? Are you down for Jonathan Kent as a Superman? Yeah, I think it's hard to say because he's obviously... Even in like Son of Kal-El, Jonathan is Superman, but then Superman's still in there and he still is Superman at the same time. So I think even though it's a new Superman, we've also still got 
Clark as Superman because he's still he's, got original he, recipe Superman. Yeah, it's not right like there. he never <laughs> existed. He still existed, and he's still giving advice to Jonathan and stuff like that. So, yeah, I I, I don't mind it at all. Um, I think people are a little bit funny about it because they think it's just well, it's, it's obviously not going to stick with Jonathan Kent being Superman forever because I think. You, well, because it's just an iconic character, they're not just going to get rid of Clark Kent as Superman. So yeah, it's going to be. It's just like a, an, another story that can be told. I think it feels like DC has, on multiple occasions, tried to, you know, pass mantles down, and then out of public discourse and rejection, they'll they'll just revert back to getting things yeah. the way that they do. But I do think that the Superman, when you, especially when you consider how long the character itself in universe can live, you can do some very interesting stories with him taking a seat back and allowing yeah. somebody else to come to the forefront and kind of figure this whole thing out. Um, one of the things I realized I started to dislike um, when I was watching the flash is one of the most endearing parts to me was him figuring things out on the fly, like figuring, mm -hmm. Oh, well, maybe I, I have this power. Maybe if I do this, I can do something. Sometimes a Superman who knows everything, it's a bit bland because he knows everything. So you get in with a new Superman uh, like John and maybe he uses too much strength one time or he's too fast, you know, or, you know, he gets too reckless and does something and ends up, you know, having cataclysmic events or something like that. Yeah. I, I want to see some a Superman who fails on occasion, not because he wants to, but because the, the job is so, is so heavy. Yeah, well, they've kind of set up the what kind of Superman John's going to be already because we we keep having a discussion on, on the podcast where we're saying like Superman has all this power but all he does is try to influence people into do, doing better he doesn't enforce it yeah. and we kind of say no he can't enforce it because it's not his place because he's not from this earth even though he lives among us kind of thing but in Superman Sinekal, they're kind of setting it up that John was born on Earth. He is oh, snap. <laughs> from Krypton. So he he has the place to to kind of enforce stuff. And we've kind of seen, well, the second issue especially kind of started that. So there's going to be... That's, I don't, yeah, don't want to spoil it for anyone who hasn't read it. But no, it's no, no, of, that's interesting. It's, yeah. it's a new take, I think. No, I like that. that that's interesting. And, and it, you know... It's going to it's going to ruffle some feathers. I was even watching when, you know, even while watching Superman Lois real quick, you know, and watching the public discourse and them getting at the D.E.O. for not trusting, you know, not trusting the D.E.O. and all that kind of stuff. I'm yelling at the civilians and then I'm like, oh, yeah, we kind of don't trust things nowadays anyway. <laughs> like this is what's going on now in the real world. So I I totally get um, wanting to do something new, but also play on the fact that of something that we remember the idea that Superman has always been an example. If we want to take it, he's never forcing our hand in that instance, but maybe we do need somebody to come in and be like, Hey, cut the, cut the crap. All right. I am human. So you're not getting any excuses by me. Uh, let's get this right. Let's be decent. Let's be honest. Maybe a little bit more of a forceful hand could end up changing things for the better. Yeah. That's good to see. That's good to yeah. see. Hopefully we see some of this stuff coming to fruition in live action. Like you said, we've already got series two um, greenlit. So that's good to know that we're going to get that stuff moving forward. Um, I'm my heart is full, to be honest. Uh, I, I'm, I'm going to now push this on people and then yeah. <laughs> and then push my reaction series on people. There are times I swear to you and I'm not one to be, you know, uh, to exaggerate. There are times I'm literally in tears, not bawling but again my eyes get a bit watery yeah. um because they are able to hit certain moments i think the music is beautiful like i said the cinematography uh is is really really good stuff um so if you really just want to dive into something genuinely good that makes you feel good that uh you know reinstills your trust and hope in in not only humanity but in the superman character and him 
you know, continuing on in different mediums, check out Superman and Lois, check out Superman and Lois season one. Um, and even like my, um, my stepdad, he, well, when I used to live back at home, he saw the programs I was watching. So it was like Supergirl and stuff. And he's like, oh, this is crap. You This is rubbish that you're watching. And I was like, oh, I'm watching Superman and Lois. He's like, no, nah, it must be crap. And I was like, yeah, it's not, it's different. And then yeah. he watched an episode and he was like, oh, okay. It's actually pretty good. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing right now in, in a world where you can get bogged down by the pure um, quantity of shows right now, right? The pure amount of things mm-hmm. to watch. I think this is chicken soup for the soul. I think if you are watching other things and you may find yourself down, you know, take two of these and call me in the morning because you'll feel yeah. way better <laughs> after some Superman and Lois in your life. Um, and it's because it's not perfect and it's because they're not perfect and you watch them navigate. I have now have less excuses in life because I'm watching yeah. this and it's I'm like, relatable, isn't it? it's, it's yeah. you can watch it and think, Oh, I've been through that. And like, like you, you were saying, you've had the talent off that John, uh, Jonathan got told um, and stuff like that. So it is, it's a lot more relatable than some of the other stuff that, like some of the other Arrowverse shows and stuff like that. Like we can't relate to being trained on an island by Razzle. <laughs> right, like right. So, <laughs> yeah, being yeah. in Leanne U for five years is not really <laughs> that's not really yeah. my cup of tea. <laughs> um but yeah I it, it I now have no excuses. If I find myself in similar situations, I now have to rise above. I now have to yeah. have the emotional maturity and courage to be like, I'm mad right now. And I probably shouldn't be, but that's just what I'm feeling. Can you let me feel this in this moment? And exactly. that means that this has made me better. That means Superman has made me better, which means that it's done its job. Because exactly. I, I think that when push comes to shove, he should be, he's literally what humans thought would be the best, you know, humans writing is Siegel and Schuster, what they thought would be the best of men. And it should continue that way. I think that yeah. we have all more powers than we know. Um, we all, and we're also extraordinary human beings. I love that part of the, of the show where mm-hmm. Lois is like, well, some of us you don't have powers, but we're still extraordinary humans. And that's, yeah. that's, that's something to say uh, in the future. But um. Yeah, I, I love this. Like I said, I'm recommending it to everyone moving forward. Me too. <laughs> uh, the next big thing that we're going to tackle here is going to be Shang-Chi next week. Are you are you going to be tuning in for that? I'll listen, but I haven't watched it yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll, yeah, yeah. I'll listen after I've watched it. Oh, yeah, yes, 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 yes. So <laughs> Shang-Chi actually releases on Thursday this week. So this will be coming out on Wednesday. Uh, so tomorrow Shang-Chi will be out and then we'll be covering it next Wednesday. Uh, so something like that. That's how that works in this time, in this time vortex. But yeah, so you guys, this is what I need you guys to do. I need you guys to go and watch Superman and Lois season one. Um, if you want a episode by episode breakdown, you got it on the aspiring Kryptonian podcast. You guys covered episode by episode, sometimes bunching them up. Um, if, you know, if time allowed for it, but you get three distinct opinions on it you know uh and i i love that while you may not all agree on certain points you guys your love for superman is what encapsulates everyone uh coming together so it's really refreshing to hear a bunch of different takes on the character uh moving forward there so yeah check out uh the aspiring kryptonian podcast obviously the aspiring kryptonian.com um, and seeing as websites are all the rage, you can also check out comicbookclick.com, which is the one stop for everything we do here as part of Comic Book Click. Uh, the Major Issues podcast, which is over 190 episodes at this point, um, all the articles that we write, the merchandise that is um, that we do in-house, actually uh, produced by me, that we sell on Public. So go ahead and check out all those things. 
If you want to support us monetarily, you can consider joining our Patreon for as little as $3 a month, 10 cents a day. Uh, You can help keep the lights on here for us independent content creators and help us produce better content, get us the software and the hardware we need to move forward. Um, And those who have become patrons are getting early access to the reaction series. So as of this recording, when this recording comes out, the first three episodes of the reaction series will be out, but the patrons have four. So that's a little bit of enticement there. If you want to see me <laughs> acting a damn fool, like those people in the theaters who can't shut up, <laughs> consider being a patron for as little as $3 a month. Uh, if you can't help us monetarily, consider rating and reviewing us on iTunes. This is the quickest way for us to grow as podcasters and find out what you like and what you don't. I've been to the future, so I see that this does become the latest and greatest things to come to comic book and comic book media. I see our high rise and right next to it, the aspiring Kryptonian high rise, but I can't <laughs> tell you guys how we get there because i'll mess up the time stream so you guys just have to keep liking sharing subscribing uh telling a friend to tell a friend get on the bandwagon before the bandwagon becomes full and last but not least reach out to us because this is a conversation i want to have with all of you guys and you can do so by going to facebook.com slash comic book click instagram at comic book click or you can use the hashtag comic book click to talk about the newest hottest latest and greatest things to come to comic books and comic book media we're also at major issue cbc on twitter still figuring out all of that what's going on over there but we're constantly posting updates to what we're covering on the podcast asking you guys what you think about current news and some of the dankest memes that i can find which have been cracking me up this entire time some of those some of those spider-man far from home memes have been downright yes, hilarious they've been, good. <laughs> they've been so good um if you want people to find out more about you tasman and the inspiring kryptonian brand and all that where could they find you guys uh so obviously www.theaspiringkryptonian.com which is where all the reviews on superman and all the news and stuff is um then you've got youtube instagram and facebook which is the aspiring kryptonian and if you want to find us on twitter it's aspiring crypto because i didn't have enough digits but i do like the whole crypto (laughs) i like the crypto of it all (laughs) you know getting back getting back to the best boy i'm digging it i'm digging it um but yeah, uh, go go ahead, go on that. And because I know you guys sometimes are a bit lazy, I'm going to put all of those links in the show notes. <laughs> so if you look in the description of the show notes, you'll have the links to find everything aspiring Kryptonian. Go ahead, check them out, especially if you haven't got your full of Superman because they are killing it over there uh, with all the content that they're producing. So make sure that you guys go over there. But I think we're on uh, the end of this. So I guess there's nothing else to say, but my name is George Serrano, a.k.a. The Don. And my name is Tasman, a.k.a. The Aspiring Kryptonian. And this has been our Superman and Lois recap and review of uh, season one. And remember, whether or not you were landing in a farm or whether you landed in England and people (laughs) shot you, (laughs) whether or not you have the powers of ice breath or super speed or super strength, whether or not you're able to understand that hope and love is what truly runs this world. Remember that we're all extraordinary human beings and remember that you yes you are worthy 